0: Every moon comes You can find me smiling
1: Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers. everywhere. welcome to episode number 230 of Blast Points this is Jason. And this is Gabe. This week we are talking about the Jedi superstar Kai Adi Mundi. Is it Kai or is it Key? I say Key, but because no one says it in the live-action movies. Did they ever say his name in Clone Wars? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe no one, yeah, no one's ever like, "Hey, Kiyote Mundi, hey, adi Mundi." But like we say all the time, it, it wouldn't be Star Wars if he can't say his name two ways. There is, I do remember in one of the comic panels, Mace Windu calls him Addy, <laughs> so maybe that's his nickname. Well, you know, you know who we're talking about. You know, Mundi. Of course, you do. Everyone listening knows who Mundi is. I bet people who watched the prequels and didn't even really pay attention. If you showed them a picture of Jedi and you're like, which one's Coyote Moondy? They're going to be like, that guy. Because everybody knows with his big head. It's impossible to forget Mundi. Yeah, in a, in a movie series full of people with weird heads and long necks and crazy faces, he still stands out from the pack. People might not know Eth Koth, Stas Ali, if you ask somebody on the street and show them a picture. So which one is Ethkoff, which one is Stasseli? People might not even know Plocoon, but people know Moondi. Everyone knows Moondi. You can't go wrong with a conehead, a goatee, and a ponytail. <laughs> it's like the ABCs of being cool. Big old conehead, big old crazy beard. Like, did he ever meet up with Bibble? And the two of them were having a private little, like, beard goatee competition. Like, who could have the craziest beard? I'm sure, yeah, if Bibble and Moondy ever passed each other in the hallway, there'd be some, some nods going off. Like, yep, uh-huh, yep. <laughs> beard appreciation links. What do you think, Master Jedi? Oh, yeah. lovely. What shampoo do you use? We've loved Moondy. Since re- since before The Phantom Menace came out. And we're, we're going to get into that. Moondy's long, strange history with Star Wars. But this is an episode we've been meaning to do since like year one of Blast Points. And it's like we've been putting off. <laughs> like, no, We're not ready to talk about Moondy. It's, it's not time yet. It's- but now it's time. We've waited long enough. We can't wait any longer. Sometimes you just got to talk about. What you need to talk about, and we need to talk about Kiati Mundi. The global crisis going on, we got to talk about Mundi. <laughs> Who knows what's happening next week? We got to get this Mundi episode taken care of. So Mundi is very special for several reasons. I feel like the number one reason why Mundi is so special, like, is the look—that very distinctive, iconic Mundi look—and we can thank. Ian MacKeg for that, and the quote in the Art of Phantom Menace book was that when when Lucas instructed Ian MacKeg to create alien Jedi for the Council, he took it as an opportunity to draw bizarre parodies of Obi Wan Kenobi, such as Coyote Mundi, who is Obi Wan Kenobi crossed with a whale. Yes, he is. With the drawing in the Art of Phantom Menace, it's a crazy Mundi with like all these like ripples down the back of his head and stuff but there's a constant in moondy looks the crazy goatee and the big old cone head and they they kept the ripples in the final design they toned them down just a little bit but it is one of those i think perfect star wars designs where on one hand it's like yeah he's just a cone head guy because yeah he's just a cone head guy he's instantly recognizable and he just has a charm to him because you've seen conehead people before but not not like this <laughs> not not taken to their n- ultimate design there's a there's a certain level of star wars genius absurdity weirdness stupidity in the look of moondy because it is it's ridiculous it's a conehead guy with a big crazy goatee but also it's so ridiculous and he's so serious that like you you have to take it seriously because Moondy's taking it seriously. Like, we barely ever see Moondy smile ever. Moondy's a pretty serious person. He just happens to look ridiculous. <laughs> he didn't choose to be a Conehead. That's just it's how he was born. That's where he was from. He's from the Conehead planet. And, yeah, there's probably goofy Conehead people back on his home planet of Sarah, Michael Sarah planet. Yes, the plan. Michael Sarah founded it, and he gave it his name, and then he left immediately and yeah. that that's in that's in the old expanded universe though but yeah, I think a lot of that seriousness maybe is is owed to the actor who played Kiati Mundi and took his role of Kiati Mundi very seriously. is the great uh, Silas Carson also known as Silas Superstar Carson because he played all the best characters in the prequels? He's the pilot in the uh beginning of the Phantom Menace. Who gets exploded. Gets blown gets blown up real good. And what he's also Lot Dodd and New Gunray, also, right? Pretty much four of the best characters in Phantom Menace. All played by one brilliant actor. Who did the voices as well. He got to do the voice of Ki-Adi Mundi, and I believe he did the voice of New Gunray, which is rare in a Star Wars movie to get to be. The creature and the voice, and he did it more than once. I think it's his voice when he's the pilot too. Yeah, I, be, I believe you're. I believe you're right. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if he's not Dodd's voice, but he probably is at this point. He's just he does it all. Silas Carson had this to say about Mundi. He said, "When I first saw the design." I just thought it was amazing because it incorporates so many different things. To me, he looks part Native American and part European. He's got a wonderful, wise face. Once I saw that design, I had a pretty good idea of what he should be like. And he said, I enjoy playing this very wise man who is part of the Great Council. You get the feeling that he's kind of like your uncle because he's this nice, kind, wise, protective master. I always think that way of him. And I guess Silas Carson spent time studying elderly people, like how they move and how they spoke, and incorporated some of that into his portrayal of Moondi. And I guess Lucas loved it and said, we are got to get this guy more to do in two. So does that explain why Mundy just sits in a chair and is grumpy? <laughs> but, he, you know, in the very opening scene of Attack of the Clones, there's that super important meeting. And who's there? Coyote Moondi. But that brings us to the reason number two, why Mundi is so special. The fact that he is the only, quote, background Jedi who has a speaking role in every one of the prequels. He's there through the whole thing. He's sitting on the other side of Yoda with Mace Windu on the other side. If you just watch the movies, you would assume he's like the number three guy because we all know Yoda's number one. Mace is obviously the number two. And who's number three, the Conehead Whale Guy. He was in Jendi Clone Wars. He's all over Filoni Clone Wars. He even showed up in Season 7 on Disney Plus of Clone Wars. He's in Dooku Jedi Lost. I'm surprised he wasn't in Forces of Destiny somehow. Why not? He could be in the Freemaker Adventures, for all we know. We don't know yet. I'm surprised his voice didn't show up at the end of... The Rise of Skywalker, when Rey is hearing the Jedi voices. I'm surprised Mundi wasn't all over that. Maybe he was. We don't know. Maybe I gotta watch it again. It's been a while.
0: These are your final steps, Rey. Rise and take them. He is a political Rey. idealist,
1: Rey. not a murderer. Rey. Bring back the balance, Rey, as I did. In the
0: night, find the light, Rey. Oh, enjoy the dark of the
1: yeah. We saw his death in Order 66. We didn't get to see all the all the Jedi die. Luckily, <laughs> they didn't make us watch all of them. But yeah, he's definitely in the top tier of prequel Jedi's, at least as far as screen time and importance in the story. Like I said, we've always had a special spot from Moondi. But not everyone did. Did you ever, like in the era of the prequels looking back, can you can you think back and ever be like does anyone else care about Moondi the way we do? Because <laughs> like he was always all over the movies. I don't know anyone who didn't like him. And I did have a friend, one of my coworkers. He dressed up as Caddy Moondy for the Attack of the Clones premiere, and I felt really bad for whoever sat behind him because he had a full on cone head. What did he make it out of? Uh, he bought like a cone head's bald cap and put that on, and he had the a white goatee and. The robes and everything. I think I have a picture somewhere. It was amazing. That was the time I I, I grew my hair out to be Attack of the Clones Obi Wan, and he was Kiati Mundi, and our friend Richie was dressed as a one of the clones that are eating the hungry clone, <laughs> the hungry clone. Right? We were all ready to go. So I've only known Mundi love in my life. So I What about you? It's kind of the thing. Next on the list, why he's so special? Because before the Phantom Menace came out. In December of 1998, there was this Dark Horse comic book that started called Prelude to Rebellion, where it was a huge deal when it came out because, you know, we're what, five months before the movie came out? And here's this comic book that is about a Jedi from the Jedi Council, then this alien Jedi. And this is the first way we were introduced to this new character and we were starving for any kind of phantom menace information of any kind and everybody was buying this comic and everyone was like i cannot wait to see this character in the movie what is kayati mundi gonna do in the movie this is incredible it's funny thinking back too because i don't know i don't think i read those comics until after the movie was out And I think it was because – I think I've talked about this before. It was like there was – at one point I had to – I chose between if I was going to keep buying comics or if I was going to buy video games. And Video Games won and I kind of stopped buying comics for a while. So I don't think I bought any of those until later on. Maybe it was for the best that I wasn't already pumped up on Moondy Love because Phantom Menace would have killed me. (laughs) Because I don't think I really saw them until the movie. And it was already love at first sight, so it was probably for the best. It was a cool thing, like going into the movie and looking at him sitting there on the Jedi Council and being like, I know all about you. <laughs> <laughs> I know your adventures. Well, so, comic writer Jan Strnad, has got the most unpronounceable last name of all time, in an old interview in Star Wars Insider, says his instructions were basically, here's this character... Make him a hero. And I really think like the, the fact that these comics were so hyped up and such a big deal kinda added to the fact that Moondy has been the character he's he's become where he's just always around. Like, oh I, I remember in season seven of Clone Wars, it's like, ah, there's Moondie, because of course Moondie has to be in it. We're in prequel time, so there's gotta be Moondie. The comics to me are very interesting because they really get much better as they go along, <laughs> and there's like three arcs with Mundi before he kind of gets and he kind of gets replaced as the main character by Quinlan Voss. But that's what twenty some issues of that comic, where basically Kiadi Mundi is the star of the Star Wars comic book. So, what like we we learn about him? He's from this planet, Michael Sarah. He's got two brains. He's got chronic back pain, but he and he's got he, he's got a really crazy backstory that we learn all about in these comics, right? Well, the first story, the first six issues are really strange and super goofy. Going back, it's kind of neat when you're rereading them because there are like Senate floating pod kind of things in it, which is kind of crazy that they must have maybe seen. A picture or something of the Senate scene in Phantom Menace because they have kind of like a lower tech version of that. But basically, yeah, Kiadimuni lives on his his green farm planet. He has multiple wives and multiple daughters, and there's some family drama about him wanting a son because sons are so rare on his planet. And then it kind of devolves into this story where he is framed for murder and then he's not. And then Efont Mon is on his planet and they're trying to get technology to come to his planet. And his daughter gets in with the bad crew and they start wearing kiss makeup and riding swoop <laughs> bikes that they got from Efont Mon. Wait, I don't remember them wearing kiss makeup. Wait a minute. His daughter and her boyfriend and their friends, they get shiny new swoop bikes from Efont Mon and they start like doing crimes and wearing kiss makeup. That's what happens. You know, once you start down the dark path, forever does it dominate your destiny. And Kiati Mundi rides an ostrich, which were you disappointed going into Phantom Menace, wondering where his ostrich was? No, I just knew he had this past of adventure. The best parts are also there's an informant he meets at a bar who's the same species as Max Rebo. Spoiler: He dies, and in like the last panel, it, you could he sees like his face in the clouds as he's remembering him. The issues start to end with little flashbacks to when Kiati Mundi was a student with Yoda, and you get to see like shirtless, buff, young Kiati Moonly Mundi. Like it's like the Kylo Ren of Kiati Mundi. Maybe you know you know Ryan Johnson was reading Prelude to Rebellion. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in the back of his head, he's like it's a little shout out. If Kiadi Boondi is this sexy, imagine Adam Driver. I just imagine Ryan Johnson showing Adam Driver on the set. <laughs> like this is the inspiration. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. But I think those first, those first six issues kind of get you up to Phantom Menace, and then after Phantom Menace comes out, it kind of I think hits its stride, and we get the the Outlander storyline which I know that came out eventually as a trade paperback, which is funny because I went and reread all these on the Marvel app, and I totally forgot that I have Outlander, the paperback, <laughs> which I didn't find until after I reread them all on, the, on my iPad. But that that story kind of brings him back to Tatooine because I forgot to mention in the first storyline, his daughter gets kidnapped by Jabba the Hutt, and he has to rescue her from Tatooine. But he goes back to Tatooine, and he's tracking down Eth Koth's Old Padawan, who's now a sand person. That was a that was a one of your favorites, wasn't it? The whole Outlander one. Oh yeah, I mean Outlander came out June of ninety nine, so we were drowning in Phantom Menace fever at that point, just going silly with Phantom Menace. And then yeah, the, this Outlander comic book series comes out, and it's like this is the closest we have to. Immediately following the story of yeah, Mundi on Tatooine in a roundabout way, yeah, finds like an apprentice in the most insane, impossible way you could ever imagine. I remember reading these comics, and maybe it was because I was like had a horrible case of Phantom Menace fever, and yeah, I just thought these stories were incredible. Well, Outlander has it takes Caddy Mundi, who's already amazing to look at. And they're like, how do we make him even cooler? Let's put him in a big, goofy sombrero hat so that people on Tatooine, because they make a point of people on Tatooine see all kinds of crazy aliens, but they never see Sarens, and he's got to blend in, so he wears this big, goofy hat, which on its own is enough to make it one of the best comic books. It's got Aura Sing in it, who, if you have Phantom Menace Fever, you're like, oh my gosh, it's Aura Sing. That's why she's at the pod race, because she's waiting for Kiati mundi to come back. We get to see Gardula the Hutt and her army flying on like a, a floating skiff thing. And then Jabba shows up later in a floating skiff thing. ki mundi fights Womp Rats. It's got everything. Well, in this Padawan, right? Like, we're not giving anything too much away here for folks. Is Padawan is a sand person, like a young sand person, Tusken Raider. It's kind of neat. They're they're playing off the... I don't know if it was in the... I don't think it was in the script, was it? Basically in the visual dictionary, there's the line where they say how he hasn't taken a Padawan yet, and they kind of play on that in the comics. And yeah, by the end of the Outlander run, those six issues, he now has a Padawan, who is this young sand person who goes back to Coruscant with him. And I do want to mention, I think there's a part where I can't remember if they're talking about the past, but they talk about... A battle with the Jedi Justice Cruisers, which I guess was what their their spaceships were called. But then, after Outlander, it's still the last little arc with Mundi and his uh, his Padawan. So they're they're back on uh, Coruscant. It starts out; they find out they got to go to Malastare to check on some pod racing. And I don't know if you remember this, but there is a little couple panels where Ki-Adi Mundi and his Padawan run into young Padawan Anakin Skywalker. And they talk about Tatooine because the the sand person Padawan is like out on the balcony because he's cold because it's not hot like Tatooine and he runs into Anakin who's out on the balcony because he's cold and they talk about being cold. Do you know that those panels? Summer of ninety nine. I almost jumped out a window. <laughs> I was just like, I gotta. I guess I gotta go see Phantom Menace again now. I guess that's what I gotta do because. I had an hour where I felt like I was okay. I just went to go see it yesterday. Got to go again. Good thing my window's open because I'm cold. Otherwise, I would have jumped right through the glass. (laughs) But then, yeah, that whole Malastair thing, that one's great because we basically get all the superstars of the Jedi Council on a mission together. There's a lot of yaddle action. There's pod racing. Those first few months of the Star Wars comic really were digging into the Phantom Menace goodness. Well, then, after that, there was the the hunt for Aurora Singh comic series, which again just given us more of what we wanted—more Phantom Menace love. And it was what Moondy's Padawan went off hunting for Aurora Singh, right? After that, Quinlan Voss kind of takes over as the main character, and Moondy's still in the comics, but he's not—he's no longer the star. But it won't be long until he comes back almost as a big star in attack of the clones later on we find out that there was a huge section of the end battle that completely centered on Kiati mundi and explained why he was missing from the whole arena battle until the end when they get captured yeah originally available for the fan club members on hyperspace now you can watch it in all of its glory, on Disney Plus, on the extras for Attack of the Clones, the attack on the droid gunship—I think it's called something like that. It's it's the raid on the droid control ship. If it's been a while since you've watched this masterpiece, go back and watch it again because it's incredible on all fronts. It shows you just the in, like on a technical level the insanity of putting the Geonosis battle together. I still don't really even understand it, watching these, like, whatever this is that we're watching. It's Attack of the Clones in its most raw form you have or ever will see, potentially. But, yeah, so there's this whole sequence where, what, it's Moondi and Plo Koon? Yes. Just running through the halls of the droid ship, but they haven't put any of the animated droids in. So... It's just Moondi and Plo Koon just insanely flapping their lightsabers around. It's so crazy because on one hand, it's crazy to see animatics of Attack of the Clones that are this rough. So on just that level, it's incredible. And then imagining what this scene would have looked like finished because it is literally just ki and Plo Koon and their other Jedis slowly walking through hallways, swinging their lightsabers and just blocking laser blasts. So potentially this scene was just like minute after minute of just the more laser blasts than you've ever seen on screen ever. And then to make it even more crazy, the whole story beat they were trying to do was almost like a big gag because it's basically they go through all this battle to get to the droid control ship to turn... The droid's off, like in Phantom Menace, and then the droids turn off, but then after a second, they turn back on, and it's like, oh, no, they're not controlled by the control ship anymore. I just always imagine if it were finished, yeah, it would have been this whole action sequence in it, the ending of Attack of the Clones based around Coyote Mundi. I don't think people would have been able to handle it. <laughs> because the end of Attack of the Clones is kind of pushing the limits of what the human body can handle as far as outrageousness. And this scene would have pushed it over the top. It's cute that they actually thought about like, well, maybe people are going to wonder why the, they don't go after the droid control ship again. But I do kind of like in the end, they're like, who cares? (laughs) It's attack of the clones. People will just roll with it. But again, like you take that scene out, Moondy's there. He's in the, he's in the Geonosis arena he shows up and, like, the most important gunship that's got Mace Windu and Yoda on it, Mundi's on that, too. So, again, you would just think Mundi is the number three Jedi in the galaxy, one of the most important people around. He rides an ostrich. He's got two brains. Well, it's almost it adds more tension to Attack of the Clones because the whole time you're like, I don't see Mundi. Where's Mundi? Is he Okay. Is he safe? And then when when they get captured, you're like, oh, no, all the Jedis are captured. But then you're like, oh, okay. At least Mundi's okay. They got Mundi now. All right. I don't feel so bad about the Jedis being captured. So Mundi is beloved. There's one thing that we can take from all of this so far. Mundi is important. He's got an amazing look. We wish we all could look like Mundi. He may be the best-looking hologram. But when you strip away Mundi's myth and look at his deeds... I don't know about Mundi. Was Mundi a jerk? I don't know. We're going to have to go to the People's Court. What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They're actual litigants with a case pending in a Coruscant Municipal Court. Both parties have agreed to dismiss their court cases and have their disputes settled here, In our forum, the Moondy Court. Okay, Coyote Moondi, Exhibit A, The Phantom Menace. Like we said, he's sitting next to Yoda. Qui-Gon strolls on in, even without Anakin in the beginning, just with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Saying that they were on Tatooine, he had an encounter with a Sith Lord. He was trained in the Jedi arts. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. Impossible. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium. Why was Mundi so quick to dismiss this devil guy with horns with the double-bladed red lightsaber all in black? I would say that's a Sith Lord. He doesn't believe him. What? Later, Qui-Gon's back again. And This time he's got the little boy from Tatooine, A Virgin's in the Force. Everybody's drilling this little kid. Moondy hits him right in the sweet spot. Afraid, are you? No, sir. See
0: through you. We can. Be mindful of your feelings.
1: Your thoughts dwell on your mother. It's a sensitive subject with Anakin Skywalker. Extremely sensitive subject. I was a little cold-blooded. They were all kind of being jerks at that point. Because I don't think I don't think they did that when they get babies. Like when you get when you are a Jedi baby, I don't think they sit around reading the baby's thoughts. <laughs> Maybe Oppo Rancisis does, but the rest of the Jedi don't. His thoughts dwell on applesauce. But again, it's like Mundi's kind of starting the the rudeness. He's an instigator. He's setting the tone. Like I am going to think about his thoughts. I am going to check his thoughts out. Oh, he's dwelling on his mother. And it goes with what we were saying earlier that I never really thought about this for a long time. I think because when the Phantom Menace came out, we were in love with Mundy already. There was the comics. We were like, I know that guy. He's not a bad dude. I mean, I liked the fact always in the Phantom Menace that it's like, Oh, the Jedi weren't perfect. And Qui-Gon, is who qui-gon was and that's in 99 and still today i always think is so fascinating about that movie the fact that it did kind of turn star wars on its head but i never really thought about mundy being kind of a jerk yeah well it's hard to see because he's you're like he, you, he's got robin hood boots and <laughs> instead of a robe he's wearing like a sleeveless sweatshirt with a, or like a sleeveless hoodie you know, he's like the coolest grandpa you never had. He's got that really smooth way of talking. He'll thought talk to dwell on your mother. It's like he's going to start singing a song at any minute. He's really cool. Yeah, but Mo- Moondy may be a bigger grump than Mace. All right, so Exhibit B, Attack of the Clones. Like we said, the big important meeting in the beginning, there's a hologram of a little Rhodian. You know it's really important. You're in Palpatine's office. Things are getting weird. Moondy is there. Padme comes on in, talking about she thinks Count Dooku was behind the attack. Her buddy died. When Moondi hears that Dooku might be behind the attack, what's the first thing Mundi says?
0: I think that Count Dooku is behind it.
1: He is a political idealist, not a murderer. Why are you sticking up for Dooku? He hasn't been a Jedi for like a decade. And it was all weird when he left Saifu so DS. Nobody still even knows what that's all about. You know, Moondy's an older gentleman, Dooku's an older gentleman. He's gonna pick the other old guy over those young kids, those young kids and their theories. But again, I didn't even think about this for years. I was too excited just to see Moondie on screen again. It's like, oh there he is, he looks great. (laughs) Look at his mouth moving. Oh, it's so cool. He just stood up and he talked. I love it. Punching the guy next to you. Look at that. That's my man, Mundi. Did you read the comics? <laughs> <laughs> oh, So exhibit C, Revenge of the Sith. We see Mundi in hologram. We have surveyed all systems
0: in the Republic, but have found no sign of General Grievous.
1: A little pessimistic, that Mundi. <laughs> it's like, were, were you really trying, though? Because he's on Utapau. Everybody's on Utapau. All the Separatists are going to Utapau. I mean, I know Utapau is probably, it's like really far out in the outer rim, right? Probably. I don't know. But were you really trying? Were you looking that hard? I mean, Utapau is not Camino; It's on the map. Maybe Moody was just getting a little too comfortable, just just phoning it in as a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> he figured, no, you know, they're all far away. They're not going to care that I'm not looking. <laughs> Maybe he just made it up. Moody, did you find Grievous? I, I looked everywhere. Couldn't find him anywhere. Your hologram's been in that same spot the last three days. But then you've got the the meme classic. What about the
0: droid attack on the Wookiees?
1: I think that's added to part of the Moondie legend over time. Where it's kind of the same thing where Moondie just never goes away. But yeah, really it's his him changing the subject because he didn't find Grievous. So let's talk about something else. I don't know. But again, watching Revenge of the Sith in 2005, you don't think about that. You're just like, look, hologram Moondie. That's new. That's my possibly favorite shot in all of Star Wars. It's got a person, it's got a guy in a rubber suit that's a hologram and a CG Yoda all in one shot. It's like everything I love about Star Wars in one frame. It's a classic. It is. And I yeah, I never stopped to think, you know, maybe this Moondy guy is kind of a jerk. No, you don't think about it. And I don't even I feel bad thinking about it. But okay, our next exhibit is probably the most painful it's from the Clone wars the trial of ahsoka tano there's no way getting around it moody's just a stone cold jerk padawan Tano, serious charges have been levied against you how you? not guilty master i would never take the lives of innocents the values of the jedi are sacred to me
0: there is evidence to the contrary you were alone with letter termond when she died can you explain this
1: Someone used the Force against her
0: Which brings us to Ventress Can you explain your association with her?
1: We had a mutual understanding I thought she was helping me
0: Did she help you acquire the droid weaponry found when you were apprehended? The same devices used in the bombing of the temple
1: No, I was set up and deceived As you are being deceived now <sighs> Reached a decision we have, Though not in total agreement, are we? It is the Council's opinion that Padawan Ahsoka Tano
0: has committed sedition against the Republic, and thus, she will be expelled from the Jedi Order. You can't do this! Your Padawan status will be stripped from you, and you shall forfeit all rank and privileges within the Grand Army of the Republic. You will be turned over to the Republic courts to
1: await your trial, and whatever punishment they will set for you. Henceforth, you are barred from the Jedi Order. It's amazing, after watching that, that people can still support Coyote Mundi. And I, I hate saying that. It hurts me to say that. It's true, because, you know, he's rude to, Qui- to Qui-Gon. It hurts, but we can look past it. And then he's rude to Padme. And it's like, uh oh, that's not cool, but man, you're standing up. You look good. And then... Revenge of the Sith, oh, you're a sweet hologram, all right. But yeah, you can't, you start being mean to Ahsoka after all that, you kind of lose all your uh, credibility there. He pushed us a little too far. He looked into Anakin's mind, your thoughts dwell on your mother. Couldn't he look into Ahsoka's mind? Were the Jedi so far gone, so under the influence of the Sith Lord, Darth Sidious? Is it really Mundy's fault? Or with Mundy being the number three person, was Moondi kind of the most controlled by the Sith Lord? Because if you think of it that way, where Mundi is at his core like a good person, but he was just being controlled by the Sith or influenced. He's a good person who's kind of too stubborn and stuck in their ways to see that things are changing and to see that there's something right in front of his face that, isn't right, and by the time he sees it in Revenge of the Sith, he turns around and and then he gets shot <laughs> <laughs> like seconds after he figures it out. And I still feel sad when I see Ki-Adi Mundi die, even though he might be a jerk. It's always hurt. It's always hurt my heart. But and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's it's like Mace Windu is a grump through all three of the films, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate Mace Windu and I definitely don't hate Mundi because it's like, you kind of get the sense. It's like, well, it's not really their fault. It's almost like season seven of clone wars where by the end of season seven, you just realize that the clones are just as much the victims of the clone wars as anyone else. If not the most, the biggest victims in Kiati Mundi, you could almost look at it that way where he didn't see it coming and you kind of feel bad for him. Because by the time he realized that he was wrong, it was just too late. And he's a good example of the Jedi starting out with the best intentions and just kind of getting stuck in their ways and not realizing what's going on. It's almost like in The Last Jedi, Luke could have mentioned Coyote Moody by name. I'm surprised he didn't because Moody shows up in everything. He called him by his nickname, Hubris. (laughs) That was his middle name. But it's true. When Luke's telling his story in Last Jedi, he could be talking about exactly Caddy mundi maybe if ryan johnson ever does a special edition a little balloon will pop up in the corner with mundi's face in it what the jedi are romanticized deified but if you strip away the myth and look at their deeds
0: the legacy of the jedi is failure hypocrisy hubris that's not true at the height of their powers they allowed darth Sidious to rise create the empire and wipe them out he was a Jedi master who was responsible for the training and creation of
1: Darth Vader.
0: And a Jedi who saved him. What about a attack the attack on the
1: So I don't know. What, what do you think, Gabe? How, how do we remember Coyote Mundi? Is What's the final verdict of the jury? Is, is he a jerk? What do you think? Yes or no? Yes, but he's not a jerk out of spite. He's out of touch. And when someone's out of touch, I think you can equally feel sorry for them as much as be angry at them. And that, yeah, he was kind of a jerk, but he didn't mean it. But that doesn't make it right. I'm going to agree. I think you said it perfectly. He looks cool. He's a comic book superstar. And, um, yeah, he was just out of touch. I think if he if he knew the truth, if he sought out the truth as much as he sought out rabble-rousing, <laughs> <laughs> he could have achieved great more greatness he could have saved the whole galaxy he could have stopped order 66 he was on that level perhaps if he would have just talked it over with his ostrich, <laughs> his ostrich would have set him straight <laughs> Praten echt dankzij de Comtalk Reader Breng Qui-Gon Jinn en zijn Comtalk Chip bij de Reader Luister naar Obi-Wan Kenobi Met de nieuwe figuren beleef je de echte Star Wars actie Star Wars, may the force be with you Hello, Uh, this is Jerome
0: St. John Blake I played Masamida, Rune Harko, Obo Rancisis And a few other guys in the Star Wars prequel trilogy and I'm standing here with Gabe from Blast Points Podcast And uh, looking forward to my debut appearance on his show <laughs> Watch this space And may the Force be with you oh, Thank you so much
1: Alright, so let's Get caught up with some of our outstanding, amazing, incredible, earth-shattering, mind-blowing reviews over there on Apple Podcasts that folks have written for us. Gabe, what is the first one on there? Ewok Radio Drama by Mr. Simos, And they write, My favorite part, somehow Wicket's voice is a cross between Brian Posen and Cleveland from Family Guy. And Stool Bend, VA. It's good to see... Some Ewok audio drama love. It is. Finally. Some Ewok radio drama love. It's our most popular episode we've ever done. Well, now we're getting love. There's no reason not to do more. To get more love. Maybe there'll be another one. Or two. Or three. (laughs) We got a a long way to go. Celebration. 2022. (laughs) Two years. I don't even remember what voice I was doing for Wick. I was like, yellow. Maybe that's Stool Bend, Virginia. I have no idea. But thank you, Mr. Seamoss. And this next one is titled The Star Wars Podcast to Beat by Kroblethor. Kroblethor. I love this podcast. It utilizes so many unique clips and covers relevant and fascinating topics in an interesting way. Thank you. I love it. Perfect. And I'm sure by fascinating topics, they probably mean the Ewok audio drama, probably, right? I, I think so. <laughs> Just like Crowbuther and Mr. Seamoss, you should leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on some sort of Apple thing, write something nice like they did, and we will read yours in an upcoming episode. And it helps people find the show in some weird, magical, Sith magic way that nobody understands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you.
1: BlastPointsPodcast.com And make sure you're following us On Instagram, Twitter Facebook And if you're on the Facebook Make sure you're in the Super Chill Group Where it's always Blast Points And it's always a good time It's the best thing Happening on Facebook Every day, every week, all the time If you want to support the show In a different way We have got the Blast Points Army on Patreon, where there's a whole bunch of episodes on there, of like all of our old Clone Wars reviews and Mandalorian reviews, and finally, the commentary for a wonderful Star Wars ripoff film is coming in probably just like a matter of days or so after this episode comes out. And we're going to have another bonus episode later this month, I'm sure. But that about wraps up episode 230 coyote moondy we barely knew ye (laughs) he was a moondy among men these (laughs) among sarians michael sarians what would life be without coyote moondy i don't even want to think about it well what are your thoughts on moondy do you think he was a jerk do you think he was misunderstood let us know comment on this episode Tell us your Moondie thoughts. Should he have gotten the eyepatch in Revenge of the Sith? Oh, we didn't even talk about the, yeah, the concept art. They made an action figure for eye Patch Moondie. It's tough to think about. It's tough to talk about. Would have been a big change. Well, that's all. That's all we got for this week, though. We'll be back next week with more fun. So we'll talk to you then. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. going on? What what is going on? What is the end?
0: May the force be with all of you!